but I remember everything like in a slow motion, like looking at you, moving ahead of you, calling, checking uh, around the corner, mm -hmm. like everything, like super slow. <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. <laughs> I was traumatized. He had a blast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to a special episode of the Dive Table Podcast. I think we might be calling this Surface Interval, so Surface Interval with the Dive Table. My name is Sarah. I'm one of your co-hosts, and today we have Patty Course Director, Itor Diaz. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so the goal with Surface Interval is to just have more casual conversations with dive, prof dive professionals and just regular divers in the community to get to hear different stories. And I wanted to bring ITOR on because we have experienced a lot in the <laughs> industry together, specifically owning a business in Indonesia. So that's what we're going to be covering today. This is a uh, probably going to be a word of warning to people <laughs> who are like, I want to own a dive shop. Okay, go for it. Yeah, you will see. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just going to get into it. Uh, our backstory, uh, we worked for several years together in Mexico, and we were getting out of a really bad situation in 2018. Yeah. 2018. Yeah, like, yeah it was 2018 when we left uh, Mexico. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we were at this crossroads of, do we continue in the diving industry? Do we not? And um, how does that look? And we decided that opening a business and being our own bosses was the way to go. So what what happened? How did we go about that? <laughs> no, I think a lot of professionals, when they stay long enough in the diving industry they will find themselves in the same situation do i keep working for somebody else or do i open my own dive center and be my own boss and i know i think i think it's a good idea to be your own boss and have your own dive center but in our case we make a lot of mistakes eh? I don't think that we would choose wrongly, but we make a lot of mistakes, and I think that talk is going to help a lot of people to make that decision if they want to keep working for somebody else or open a dive shop and take the risk. Yeah. And yeah, I think people that, you know, you get really excited when you start diving, and especially if you're like, oh my God, I want to do this for work. And you just, you, you romanticize what this is going to look like. And that's why you and I have been so uh, just transparent about the struggles that we've had. And um, I think that's helpful for people to like kind of get the... Not to like kill the dream, <laughs> but just have have it, you know, take away the rose colored glasses and like understand what it actually looks like. So the way we went about it was uh, we decided that, well, you, you kind of decided that you didn't want to be in Mexico anymore. Yeah. I yeah. really wanted to open a Solo Unlimited in Baja, which is funny because we're here in Baja <laughs> recording this right now. Uh, but you wanted to go to Southeast Asia. So we decided to do that. And we, um, we had both 
like traveled in Southeast Asia. I think you you worked in yeah. Southeast Asia. Where did yeah, you work for, before? In Thailand. Well, I started in working Thailand. in the Philippines for almost a year. Right. In the Visayas. Then from there I moved to Thailand, uh, a little bit in Kotao, and then for like eight nine months in Kopipi in Pipi Islands. Then I bounced around to Malaysia for a few months. Uh, Maldives for a year and a half. Right. I'm from there, Mexico. Right. So you went, yeah, you spent some time in different places. I had only been to Thailand before. And so we, we decided to go to the Philippines to check it out. And what we were looking for is a, a place that would make sense to train dive masters and instructors. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the rest of the courses as well, but because you're a PADI course director um, and I'm an IDC staff instructor, like that's what we were doing. That's what we specialized in. Um, so we took that trip and it was beautiful. We had a couple of options that we were excited about, uh, but they were, they would have, it would have been a very different story because they were like less developed. It would have been, kind of like encouraging the market to grow, mm-hmm. right? And building the market in those places. Um, where where were the places that we, we had two that we were looking at? We went to Sikihor. Sikihor, that was the one I liked. It was a beautiful island. I loved that. Then we went to South Dumaguete, no, South uh, Negros. It was a crazy place where we went. Do you remember that couple that they own a, like a resort? Was that where I left my passport? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we decided to never come back to that place. Sipalai? <laughs> that sounds correct, right? Yeah. It was like way out. Yeah. There was not much going on there. So I really like CQ Whore, though. Yeah. I think that could have been a really interesting option for us. Um, but you found a dive shop that was for sale in yeah. Komodo yeah. in Indonesia. We went to Tablas and Romblon as well, remember? Right. It was like really far away yeah. from everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't have like a great dive there, mm-hmm. but yeah, Siki Hall was it also was cool. like a, a good place. Yeah, but also was the place where somebody killed a pig, where we were having breakfast. Do you remember? A pig. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. That was um, traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really, oh my gosh, I was so heartbroken just listening to that. Oh, I forgot about that. But, you know, that's the, they eat a lot of pork around there. So that's, that's how it is. Just because I'm a vegetarian doesn't mean that, you know, everybody has to do that. Um, Yeah, I found that place in, in the Komodo Island, the dive center that was for sale. And also I have friends in Komodo, uh, owner of a, Spanish dive center and that's why we decided to to make the jump over there and check it out yeah and Komodo it was it was an interesting option for us because it was already a very competitive market mm-hmm. people know Komodo very well 
there were over 30 dive shops there already. And um, so we were like, mm, you know, is this, is this the right choice? But I still stand by the fact that it's, I would say, one of the top places to do your dive master or instructor training just because the conditions can be so challenging. Yeah. And, and you learn so much about the ocean. I've, man, I learned so much in those two years that we were there, just managing groups and reading how the ocean was moving and learning from really scary mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a risk to open another dive shop there. We didn't end up buying that dive shop, yeah. but we ended up deciding that that was the place where we wanted to do things. Um, I want to share my experience of diving there. We only went diving one time before we made the decision. Well, you kind of made the decision for us. You like, (laughs) you pushed us a bit. Um, But we went diving one day and this was my first experience with drift diving, like strong drift diving. You know, of course I'd done like some dives in Cozumel, never on like a a crazy current day there. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I've done, I, I had done some. And then we go to Komodo, and I remember we. I only, I only did, remember two of the dives. We did Siaba Besar first. Did we? Okay. And then I remember Manta Point mm-hmm. because Nacho was swimming everywhere trying to find a manta ray for us. Yeah. Because it was the very end. No, it was the middle of summer, wasn't yeah. it? So there wasn't a good chance of seeing manta rays anyway. I think it was summertime, wasn't it? It was like a June, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just remember being like a little bit overwhelmed by how strong the current was. And then you boys <laughs> decided that we were going to do something really fun for I... the third dive, <laughs> which was Batu Balong, which is a very famous dive site in Komodo. And uh, you normally dive the protected side of the reef because that's what sane scuba divers do but we decided that we were going to dive the split yeah why not (laughs) the split is where the current's coming from one side it hits a rock and it splits um on either side and so the protected side is that area behind the rock that doesn't get all of that current the split is right in the middle of all of the current (laughs) and at that particular dive site the the currents and the downwellings upwelling like it can be really crazy because it's a deep pinnacle yeah. in in the center of a channel <laughs> and uh, they were like we're gonna do this it's gonna be great and I'm like I don't know again don't let people peer pressure you into doing things um, but we did it and I just remember being we got down and we were in the split and. There were like sharks and it was, it was beautiful, but I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable. And we were supposed to go in a certain order because basically when you dive the split, you have to get around the rock to the protected side to like finish the dive. And so when the moment came to go around the rock, we were like letting go and flying a bit and then like holding on again, I think. Yeah. And it was so fast. Like, <laughs> It was so fast. And I remember Nacho went, another diver went, 
and I was supposed to go number three and I tour was supposed to be number four. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when it came to my turn, I had just seen Nacho and the other diver like disappear. Goodbye. Gone forever. <laughs> right. Like just yeah. gone. And I just kept looking back and looking at Itor and looking back and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't move. Like I'm terrified. <laughs> right. And, uh, you are so smart. You know me so well. And I trust you with like everything in my whole life. And uh, so you knew exactly what to do. You went around me so that I could see you, like, going, right? And you were like, you have to come. And you knew that I would come because I wasn't going to stay there by myself. (laughs) So you let go. I let go. We went flying and we were like up to six meters and like down again. And it was all over the place. And we eventually ended up on the other side. And I was just like, what am I doing here? Oh my god. What were you thinking during that dive? I just fall in love with the place. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like this is like a crash. No, I really like the I think it was too much. I I wasn't expecting that either because it was my first time yeah. over there. So I trust Nacho. Yeah. And Nacho know me very well. We've been diving together. Nacho is the, the other owner of the dive center in in Komodo. And we know each other since like thirteen years ago. Mm. So <clears throat> I trusted him and it was a little bit too much. I mean, I recognize that was a, not the easiest dives. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think that was my, what made me fall in love with Komodo. Mm. That kind of current, the wildness of the place. And yeah, all the life. Like for me it was like, I think when you think about that dive, everything was so fast. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the opposite. I mean, for me, it's, everything was moving like so in, slow. What's the what's the term for that? Like in sports, you were in um, not in the zone, but like, yeah, like in the zone. Yeah, it's like where every time slows down, and you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah we I, had different experiences. Yeah. <laughs> But I remember everything like in a slow motion, like looking at you, moving ahead of you, calling, checking uh, around the corner, Mm -hmm. like everything, like super slow. (laughs) It was was really fun. (laughs) I was traumatized. He had a blast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, okay, so we decide, or we decide Mm -hmm. that's going to be where we open the shop by a boat. Had to go through the process of uh, building that boat because it was a fishing, a fishing boat. It was eighteen yeah. meters, and you really leaded the charge. Leaded, led the charge. Jeez, <laughs> I haven't been speaking enough English apparently around here. <laughs> you led the charge with designing the boat and orchestrating mm-hmm. the build. What was that like for you? I know, it was, it was challenging, but uh, as you know, I like to put myself in difficult situations. What? Yeah, I mean, life is not complicated enough, so I decided to take the lead and kind of design the the boat and be there for the like all the refurbishment of mm-hmm. the boat. So for me, it was like a life experience. Like I learned so much in like, 
two months. I think I spent like two months first building the boat. Then I left <clears throat> for like a month. I came back for another month and a half or something like that. And I was just so excited to be there, like building the, the boat. And actually, because I don't know when you open a dive shop or you open any business, it's not the same just to take the keys and open mm-hmm. an office that builds something and mm-hmm. be there like every single day because you put your soul, you put your passion on it. Yeah. And I think that is one of the things that later on, like years after, uh, hold me back yeah. to let the company go. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's your mean, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's your, our baby. Yeah. Now you, you really put so much, and like anyone who's seen photos of that boat, it's just, it's stunning. Yeah. It's a gorgeous boat. Um, it was a daily operating boat, so we did just daily trips from Labuan Bajo to the Komodo National Park. We did three tank uh, dive days, and and it was great. We it, it took a while for us to actually open the business because we went over there in 2018 and had to go through the boat building, also all of the paperwork. All of the paperwork. Oh my gosh, it was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it was a total nightmare. Um, if you're thinking about opening a dive shop, I, I will be, um, I should have a course out very soon about uh, marketing and business for scuba divers. And I'm going to talk a little bit about tips for this because that was probably the biggest headache of yeah. the whole thing. Like government requirements, limitations for foreigners, um, just all of the the issues we had with not only the business paperwork but also our visas yeah. as business owners. So, and I don't think we have issues with the paperwork because it was just the process. Yeah. Like everything right. went smooth. Yeah. But took so long. Yeah. I think our first trip was in ne- the next year in February. Was- we started our first unofficial trip was in March. Yeah. It was exactly. it was like the very end of manta ray season, um, and I remember that trip because it was before we had uh, secured the tables to the yeah, to the, the floor. floor of the boat. Yeah, <laughs> and the weather was so bad, and the <laughs> tables were just like rocking all over the place. I was like, "What are we doing <laughs> out here? This is a terrible idea." Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, rough. I remember rough. that, and the boat was brand new, and I was like. What happens if we sink the boat before we even open the business? <laughs> then we had what's like two or three open waters yeah. from where? From Singapore or something I don't like that. Remember. And I remember on the second day the the rope of the Kemudi or the direction what do you call that? The rudder. Yeah. A snap mm-hmm. on the way back. Right. And we have to fix it. Like yeah. I mean we were ready, but not hundred percent ready, but so that happened. That was like a soft opening, just yeah. because we got we got a couple of inquiries because we we had a soul unlimited as like a brand between the two of us since 2016, yeah. thereabout. So like people had been following us and we had been sharing. Obviously, social media wasn't the same as it was back then. Back then, it was like some cool photos and yeah. whatever, and that was it. And now it's like all of the media, and you have to be everywhere. Um, 
but we had had some people reach out and wanted to to go with us so we we had that sort of like soft opening and then we officially opened in april yeah and that was like go time Mm -hmm. um yeah i just my experience with um opening things it was you know figuring out how we wanted things to look um, online, right? Like I was in charge of the website and yeah. social media and everything, and uh, it was it was a process because we had to go out and you know get our own footage. Um, we didn't have great cameras or <laughs> you know um, really a lot of skills in that department at that time. Yeah. So it took us a while to sort of get things that looked nice. Um, but, you know, we ended up doing quite well. Um, this is still one of the things that I'm like so proud of for our team and what we did. Because again, you've probably heard we opened in April of 2019. So we didn't have a whole lot of time before the world shut down. (laughs) Um, But from April to when we shut down, um, or actually before, I think it was by the end of 2019, we had gone from nothing to number three on TripAdvisor. And that like still blows my mind because it's such a competitive market. And there are businesses that have been in that area for... Years, years and years and years <laughs> and, and with the professional levels also we were like kind of breaking records on every IDC pretty much and instructor mm-hmm. courses we have more and more candidates and I think the last one we did we have like eight mm-hmm. students something like that something like that was like the biggest IDC ever in Komodo so yeah. we were like growing in two different paths like <clears throat> with recreational divers recreational courses and GoPro or professionals like dive master we did in a year more than three or four dive centers combined yeah yeah it's I mean yeah it's it was it was a lot of work um and it was one of those things that like we just we threw ourselves so wholeheartedly into it um something that i regret during that time is that we really i i'm proud of how seriously we took it but i wish that we had relaxed a little bit yeah and or maybe a little bit more um compassionate to each other like the whole team in times of like you know let's take care of each other and let's make sure we're all resting and you know i feel like we weren't we weren't good about that because we had you and i are very very similar and that's why we work well together in a business relationship like we get hyper focused and we're like if we set our minds to it, we're going to achieve it, right? That's just like our mindset and we have very different strengths. And so we balanced each other Mm -hmm. super well, but that can also be kind of toxic because we were workaholics (laughs) and we still kind of are, although I think both of us are, are recovering a bit (laughs) from that. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it was difficult to get out of that, like uh, kind of, workaholic toxicity because it's your own business 
for the first like I don't know how many months we didn't even have a salary we were paying our staff but us as owners we didn't have a salary we were obviously under staff and we had to compensate just putting ourselves there like 24-7 so yeah I know we work or ass off like for days and days and hours and and yeah I, from now that I see it from outside you are right we we could do better but I don't think inside that situation was easy for us to to see that yeah to make to be able to make that decision yeah no it's it was a yeah. a growing process for yeah. both of us um yeah it's uh <laughs> It's, it's funny to think back on. Um, but let's see. I think... Do you have any stories of, like, one of your favorite just, like, weird things that happened or, I don't know, a dive story or something? I, I When I think back to my time there, there's a lot of stories, obviously. There's some scary ones, some heartwarming ones, some frustrating ones, whatever. Um, I tell this one, though, the most, maybe because it was... Um, one of our last memories of diving there, but it still just like warms my heart every time I think about it. Which one? Your parents came to visit. Ah, yeah. And it was in March of 2020. And uh, that is full-blown manta ray season in Komodo. Like, stunning. The visibility isn't great, but it's full of manta rays. And your parents came. Your dad had gotten certified in Mexico. Mexico, yeah. With one of our friends, hey Ernesto, if you ever listen to this. Um, and so we were like, okay, we're taking your dad diving in Komodo. He's an open water diver with what, six, six dives? Yeah. yeah, something like that. And he's just like this huge, like, he, he was just this huge love bug. Yeah. And what, what do you call him? Culo car- carpeta. Yeah, culo carpeta. He, yeah, he's kind of flat on the back. And he's like, he's like straight. <laughs> so so what that means, so in English, that translates to um, folder butt. Yeah. Right? Yeah, folder butt. <laughs> and it means that there's, there's no butt to like catch the weight belt. <laughs> so with someone who has culo carpeta, they struggle with keeping the weight belt on their body because there's just nothing to like hold it there. Anyway, um, I went diving with him. Uh, I don't know if you went diving with him on the first dive and then I had him on the second dive or whatever. I was with him for Manta Point. Yeah, I um, went with him on Ciala Besar on the first one mm-hmm. because I remember him struggling, doing the skills, like a refresher, refresher. on the line. Right. I, think, I know that was I think, uh, our first dive. Yeah, and then I think you had, maybe you had another person and so I ended up with him on the second dive mm-hmm. or something like that. You were around. You were in the area, but I remember he was with me. And um, that dive, I mean, there had to have been 50 manta rays. Yeah. It was the most spectacular I had ever seen manta point. It was just full. And mm-hmm. manta rays dancing everywhere. And your dad was like the biggest just you know like that emoji where the, like the eyeballs are super big yeah. I mean he was just taking it all in and I mean imagine you have seven dives this is your eighth dive and you see that many manta rays like it's it's crazy um, and what what 
keeps that in my brain is that as your dad was going through his brain cancer in the yeah. last few few years, couple yeah, of years, couple of years, um, that memory stuck with him. Yeah, to the point that uh, he got into brain surgery uh, to remove the cancer, and coming out of the anesthesia, he was just dreaming and talking. You know that you talk like trash and shit when you come out of anesthesia so he was just talking about mantas diving with mantas yeah yeah and i just i love that you know your dad passed away and it, it i think that's so impactful that like those memories stick with people yeah. through the hardest times you know and pull them through yeah. the the worst of their lives so that that is just one that continues to stick with me through through everything that we experienced there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me it was worth it to open the dive center in Indonesia just to do that dive with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. <laughs> like, now we can close, close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I have a, a few like scary moments where I got a scare. Uh, one of them was in Patubolong with Laura, one of our staff. Yeah. She was, got lost and picked up by another boat. Yeah. And I really thought that I lost her, like for good, that she was gone. I yeah. couldn't find her. And it was because they, in that place in Batubolong, it's a, as Sarah said before, it's a pinnacle. And we were diving the protected side, what was almost at the end of the, of the high tide. And the current was about to switch to uh, low tide. So that is called the slack, slack tide, when you have the calm time between tides. In some places, it's like 45 minutes, half an hour, but the volume sometimes is no slack, it's just a switch. And we were like bouncing around on the pinnacle from side to side, checking when it was possible to cross to the other protected side and then I remember I have was myself guiding I have Laura she was our staff uh, I don't know if she was doing the dive master at the time I think she was I don't think she was staff yet yeah we have three other girls diving with us and another dive master French girl I don't know if you remember her like really sweet girl and I just looked back and I saw the French dive master, I don't remember her name, like crawling. Marie. Marie? No, no? it wasn't Marie, it was another one, like uh, with dark hair. <sighs> when I look back, she, she got trapped in a down current with two of the clients, so she was like kind of holding them, holding into the rocks. And Laura was behind me. And when I look at her, she just flew away. She was gone. So she was gone, nothing to do with her. So I went to help uh, the other girls. And we just inflate BCDs to shoot to the surface. We were close to the surface, maybe six, seven meters. And, but Laura wasn't, was gone, like nowhere to find her. And another boat was Uber scuba diving there they lost also a few divers and they pick up Laura like maybe 300 meters away from the from the rock and she was in in shock yeah. you were on the boat remember just keep the dive yeah which we we have a theory 
because all of our scary moments in Komodo was when we were on the boat and one of us sat out of the dive. Yeah. I think it happened to us twice and we're like, okay, we can't do that anymore. Like both of us have to be in the water. (laughs) I don't think that's really science, but it it happened. My scary moment at that dive site was because it was when you sat out. Yeah. I was in police corner or? No, we were both in the water for police corner. Yeah. Um, That was a crazy day. (laughs) That was crazy. No, and I was thinking about my my incident at Batu Balong. I feel like we can talk for for days about um, amazing dives and also challenging dives in Komodo. Um, But I guess what I want to go into now, where are we? We're at about 35 minutes. Um, So things were going and, uh, and then the whole world shut down and we had, there's, oh my gosh, I've, we could talk for probably three hours about everything that we went through, but um, wow, that is a very loud truck yeah. behind us. Anyway, um, in December of 2019, we decided that we were going to go into business with another partner and open a rent a resort on a small, well, a, on an island, yeah. like 45 minutes away from Labo and Bajo. This was a resort, like a, a basic resort, uh, with how many huts did we have? 25? I think it was 17. Or was it 17? Yeah, or 18. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but there were, what, seven boats? Yeah. Seven boats, and um, and this was primarily like a scuba diving and snorkeling operation. Mm-hmm. We signed a contract to run this place in December of 2019. The bad weather months in Komodo are January and February. So we opened that business, and meanwhile, we had a Soul Unlimited going, right? Yeah. So this was a completely separate endeavor for us. And uh, we had our first customers the last week of February of 2020, and uh, we had brought over staff and, like, did everything, yeah. right? It was all ready to go. And uh, then the whole world shut down, and we were, like, stuck with renting this island, and luckily we were able to, to get through it. The owner of the island was very good with us and understanding that like, you know, all of us started out thinking, oh, it's only gonna last a few weeks and then we'll get back yeah. to it. And then the months started stacking up. We started going really crazy because we were struggling to pay our staff and, um, you know, we were trying to make plans and stay positive, but all of us yeah. were just losing our minds. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, I don't think I've ever been so depressed, <laughs> like, than during that time. Yeah. Like, summer of 2020. I mean, we were struggling so much and going back and forth from the island and, like, thinking, what are we doing? Like, we need to get rid of this. Like, we can't afford this. Um, Because, you know, you you make a business plan and then 
you don't you don't anticipate having zero income like maybe not making much money but zero like zero income and we had two businesses at that point making zero income and we are not wealthy you know we're not independently wealthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so no that was um that was really insane and on top of it we were having you know uh legal issues with our third business partner and it was just a freaking mess mm-hmm. it was too much it's impossible to handle everything yeah we were overwhelmed we didn't know what to do we don't have or we didn't have any <clears throat> like legal experience you're in a foreign country and you don't know the system you don't know the consequences and was was just too much at the same time yeah plus the pandemic plus the pandemic yeah it yeah. was like this extra thing and to me like i was so angry during that time because i'm like the world is falling apart why why do we need to be treating each other like this right yeah. now but at the same time i was so in fear of what could happen to us because again, we didn't understand everything, even though we had a lawyer and we were like trying to go about it the right way. It was just, I was afraid. I was properly afraid. And um, I just, I remember having that um, epiphany, like coming, I think it was the end of summertime where I was like, this is not ending. Like everybody said it was going to be over and we were going to be back you know, for high season and whatever. I'm just like, this is not ending. And luckily I have a history, like a, a previous career mm-hmm. that made it very easy for me to find work again. So I used to be a winemaker and uh, harvest was coming up. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back to the States. I'm going to work harvest. And at least I can send money over, which I don't know if I ever told you, but I calculated how much money I sent over $25,000 during that time of like extra just to keep things going. Um, and that was that was a lot, <laughs> but yeah. then you were in Indonesia, yeah. like trying to hold. Yeah, I have also like my previous career of uh, surviving in shitty places for years in a shit hole. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I used to do for a living. <laughs> and then I stayed in Indonesia for another year. Or it was something. a long time. It was a, yeah, it's a really really long time. Yeah, and I just like. You know, we were at that point, you know, I was in the States and you were in Indonesia and I had this like flash of like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. And like looking at it now, you know, I had that at the end of 2020 Indonesia wasn't open until what, like the the last year. Last year, 2023? No, it would have been 2022. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't they closed for like two, like a little over two years? Yeah, I forgot we're in 2024. (laughs) (laughs) What is time? Yeah, 2022, like by April. Yeah, I was going to say April. So it was closed for two years. Yeah. And I feel grateful that I like had that, you know, sort of come to Jesus moment of like, this is not ending and I can't keep doing this. But that was, I mean, that whole 
portion of our business relationship, our, our personal relationship, like that was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through of like being away, deciding that that need, that I needed to let go. Even if it was like, give the keys of the boat to the captain and like, goodbye, like good luck. You know, um, the fact that we were able to sell the business at a loss, but we were able to sell the business to people that we really care about and that are working, you know, with the Asul, um, I don't know, just like guidance, right? Like they, they're still in relationship with both of us. And, um, the fact that we were able to do that was crazy i mean we i feel like we were very fortunate in that um yeah i but i just remember how hard that was because i didn't want to let go but at the same time i was like back in the states i felt safe for the first time in you know a year yeah and it just it was it was heartbreaking and you weren't ready to let go no and so that's where you know, things, things ended and we had to, I don't know. We, I I still look back at that as like a crazy trippy time that I don't really understand everything that happened, you know, like it's probably a trauma response, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's letting go of the dream. I think is the, the hardest thing. And like you said, I mean, it was our baby. Yeah. So it was hard to make that decision. Yeah, for me it was really hard to let it go. Yeah. I have a really hard time. But also, I think for you it was a, a little bit easier because you have a safe place. Yeah. You were already at your safe place. Yeah. But I didn't have at the time any other place to go other than home. But there was nothing at home waiting for me. Yeah. So that was my entire world at the time. Mm-hmm. Everything that I had, I was falling apart. I was trying to hold it. Yeah. Mm, I was breaking a million pieces. So that that is also why for me it was really difficult to to let it go and afraid to the next move, where to go, what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's crazy because as soon as we left or we let go, both of us things start to get better, way better for both of us. I was like that fear to I feel safe on that shitty situation. Yes. <laughs> and then I realized like what the fuck? I, yeah. yeah That's the uh leap in the net will appear mm-hmm. coming back. I, I say that a lot because it's you know, we can stay in the place that we know, even if it's crap. Mm-hmm. But it feels okay because we know it. Yeah. And jumping off into the unknown is like, oh, that's that's terrifying. What's going to happen? But, you know, you can't... If you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, that's just insanity, yeah. right? So you have to change something to get, to get out. Um, no, that was... Uh, that was the hardest thing. I think mostly because... We were we were doing so well. Yeah. Like, maybe not so much within the business partner relationships, mm-hmm. um, but with our customers and our brand, we were yeah. doing so well. 
and, and even financially, we, we got to the point, even in that short amount of time that we were open, that we were making a salary. It wasn't a big salary, but we were yeah. making a salary. And um, so I think both of us were like, oh, but mm. it could have been. Yeah. It could have been this great thing. Um, and we had, I mean, we had moved our whole lives there, the dogs and, and everything. And that was its own wild and crazy story <laughs> that we won't get into today. Um, but yeah, I, I think understanding those, those points where it's like, you gotta, you gotta move on or, or let go or change. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't know. I know both of us learned a lot from that and we take those lessons into the work that we do now yeah which is good and I feel I don't know about you but I feel like not exactly unfazed because there are still things that will um like I'll feel stress or whatever like I'm not just free from stress these days but like I don't think anything can quite match what we experience there. And so, like, anything that I encounter is like, oh, this is hard, but I know I can do it. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, the the job that I do right now is really stressful. And, like, in every dive center mm-hmm. or any, yeah, in the diving industry, it's, it's like that. It's a, Lots of it's a, Yeah, it's a shame, but it's what it is. Lots of moving parts. <laughs> Yeah, but it's yeah. I go back to when I was like feeling uh, very, very miserable over there. It's like can't be worse. No, you know, can't be. Like no. right now, like if I went over that situation and we got out, like yeah, fuck it. Yeah, like I'm not gonna lose my sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. Like, I can see, you can see from here if you're watching the video, but I can see my bed over there is completely demolished because I slept like a baby for the last like three or four nights. So that's, that's good because you know the struggle that I have to sleep before. Oh yeah. You yeah. never slept. I never slept. It was, it was a problem. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like in two minutes, I just fall asleep. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, I don't know. I think we can wrap up this conversation. There's so many stories. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. We just glazed over <laughs> the um, the main talking points. But, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that we could have you on again to chat more if people want to hear yeah, I mean, details. we've been talking for almost an hour, and we didn't, uh, how do you say, trash mouth about anybody. <laughs> so that's good. That means that we are getting over our feelings. <laughs> but yeah, it's so much, so many things that we can talk about. Yeah. Our time there. Yeah. Well, and, and we don't need to trash talk yeah. anybody. That's yeah. not that's not where yeah. we're at at this point. Um, but there's definitely a lot of stories. Yeah. So if you want to hear more from Itor, yeah. I always love making content with him <laughs> because he he hates this in a lot mm-hmm. of sense. But he's also really good at being on camera. Um, so just let us know. You guys know how to reach out to us. Um, my email for the podcast is sarah with an h at uh the dive table.com maybe i think <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, you can reach out to us through the website and let us know about this type of episode if you like it. And, um, you know, we're always interested in hearing feedback and uh, what you want to hear on these episodes. So yeah. thank you for trying this out. <laughs> no, thank you. Here. It was interesting. <laughs> no, I would like to talk more about yeah, other like specific topics like why we choose Indonesia versus the Philippines or like something more specific just to give people more like context, context and, and information. But yeah. 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 It's a lot of fun. Well, we'll have to do some more of that, maybe over on my, my YouTube channel for A Swole Unlimited or something like that. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening and for joining us today. And um, we'll see you in the next Surface Interval for the Dive Table Podcast. <laughs>